But again, the Lord has given me a special message this morning, and I'm calling understanding God's will. And you'll see why here in just a moment, but can we pray that God use it? God, I, I want to thank you for this beautiful day, God, you've given us. God, I want to thank you for the nice weather that you've given us as well. And, and God, here we are. We've come through January. We've come, now we're into February, and, and uh, so, so far, so good. And we thank you, God, for the, for the great weather. And uh, I can deal with cold, God, and, uh, but the weather's been so nice, and we thank you for that. But God, this morning is, is, is your day. This is the Lord's day, and God, even uh, David said, this is the day the Lord has made it. I'm going to rejoice in it, be glad in it. And God, I pray this morning that we will rejoice in today. But God, right now, I pray that, Father, that you would anoint me, and, and God, I'm your servant. And I just yield this morning to you and say, God, use me, however that, God, that you need to use me this morning. God, I surrender myself to you, God. I pray that my words will not be my words, but God, they will be your words as I su submit myself to you. God, I pray that every here this morning that is here, that their lives will be changed as my life was changed as I was preparing for this message, God. And God, I pray that, Father, that we will all leave changed. We will not leave like we came because that's why we've come, Lord, is to grow, is to get closer to you, is to make you the Lord of our life over every situation that we go through. And we ask this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor David. Worship was always good at leading us into the presence of God. He's here. You're here. So let's, let's see where we're going to go. Amen with this. Wow. Wow. Well, again, I come across the scripture. I'm going to take it to you, take you there in just a moment. But I titled this Understanding God's Will. And I got it out of this scripture but I want to ask you a question, and I think I put it in notes this morning. Go ahead and put this first question up here, and I want you to think about this for just a moment. I really want this to sink in. Are you, make it personal, you living your life the way you're supposed to be? I want you to think about that. Are you really living your life the way that you're supposed to be? Or that we can actually change it. Are you living your life the way that God wants you to live your life? And you see, that's really slipping into God's will for your life. But sadly, many people, they're not. They, they, they've ran off track for whatever reason. You, you, you're hitting those road bumps that comes up in everyone's life. And, and for whatever reason that you, you've come off track and, and you've kind of lost your way a little bit. Am I the only one that's experienced that in my life? I mean, you're going along just fine and then you, you, you race off track. This morning, what, I did, what I've done is I brought my son's uh, train track with me this morning. Y'all ever seen a Lionel train? This is like a 1957, I believe it was, a model 2018. Like, who really cares about that? But this thing is like steel, die cast. This thing's heavy. You ever want to pick it up? But this, this train is really useless, but this train represents our life, okay? This is us, but we're no good unless we have the track to go with it. And you see, God's will is this track. And, and, and when you first get saved, it's I brought the long piece and then I brought a curve here because this is the way it is when we first get started. The train starts going along. You're like, this is so good. It's, everything's going well. Then all of a sudden, in life, there's curves, there's, there's obstacles, there's corners that you have to take. And we get a little confident in ourselves and we don't prepare for the corners. We don't prepare for the situations that's gonna rise. And instead of slowing down, Instead of being aware, what do we do? We take the corner too fast. 
and then the train falls off track. And you see, this is the way that life is, is a lot of times that we will fall off track trying to find God's wills. And so let me, let me show you something here in the Scripture. And this is a Scripture that I found because um, God's will is a lot like a train track, but he actually describes it as doors. And the beautiful thing about the track that God gives us, it never changes. I'm going to say it again. It never changes. God's path, God's plan for you never changes. And let me show it to you here in Revelations 3, verses 7 and 8. Now watch what he says in Revelations here. What he opens, this is God, no one can shut. Whatever door God opens in, in your life, it's, no one can shut that door but him. And what he shuts, no one can open. And so, and then he goes on here and he says, I know your deeds. Yes, you may have gotten off track, but I got good news. I can put you on track, but I also know your deeds. And yes, you may have messed up, but here's the thing. I still love you. I'm not going to reject you. I still accept you. I I, I still want you. Isn't that good? Because God still wants us because once he opens his door, this is will for our life. No one can shut this. And then he goes on and says, see, I have placed before you an open door that no one can shut. In other words, I've opened up your life, and, and I have a plan for your life. I have a will for your life, and I'm the only one that can open it, and I'm the only one that can shut it. And I've opened it, and I'm not, not going to shut it. It, it. It's for you. This is your will. This is, this is the plan that I have for you. And I can put you back on track, and this is the door that I want you to go through. I don't want you to go through other doors, but I want you to be cautious because there are going to be other doors of, of opportunity here. But this is the door that I want you to go on. This is the path that I want you to stay on. And so he takes it a step further here. And so what is this track? Or what is the door is he talking about? Because, again, this is the door, but yet he tells us also to be cautious. Because even though he has a plan for your life and he has a will for your life, there's going to be curves that's going to happen. And watch what he says um, in Ephesians 5, verses 15 and 17. He goes on here and says, be very careful, though. Even though I have the door open, be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity. In other words, there are going to be many doors that's going to open up in your life, but not all doors are going to be good. But there are going to be many doors, and some of them that he has open for you. But, but, but here's what he's saying. You have to be wise to know which one is good and which one is bad. I'm going to say it again. He's telling us, be wise, because there's going to be many doors, many opportunities, because the days are evil. Now, I know we don't know we're not living in any evil days right now. (laughs) Right. There's all kinds of stuff going on. Therefore, do not be foolish. But now watch what he says. And this is where I got the title message from. But understand what the Lord's will is. So the question this morning is how do we really truly know and understand what God's will is? And I'm going to break it down for you this morning because if you understand what God's will is, when you get to this corner, you're not going to derail. You're going to understand that, no, this is just the path that God has me on, and I'm going to try to stay on this path. Now, 
So the title of the message is Understanding God's Will. Now, the number one question that people always ask me in the world is this, and I'm sure you've asked the same question, what is God's will for my life? Pastor, I, I, I don't know why God created me. I don't really understand what God's will is for my life. Now, I know, Lisa, when, I, when we was working with Pete said, at that moment, I knew what God's will was for my life. And I knew that because I had been a youth pastor before I ever went there to become a manager. And I was taking a break because I about starved to death being a youth pastor. I needed to eat. I, had, I needed money. I, and so I went back into, and, and, into the management. But, but I always knew what God's will was for my life. And I knew that God was going to use me in a powerful way one day, and I was to teach God's Word. I knew that God had a call on my life, whether to be a youth pastor, be a a pastor, or whatever that it was. But I knew that God had a plan for my life. But many people say, what does God want me to do? What am I supposed to be? Who am I supposed to marry? You know, ever wondered that? Who am I? Is is there really a person, the exact person that God created for me to marry well, you know, um, and we're going to talk about this in just a minute because there is God's, there is God's uh, general will and there's God's specific will. Um, you know, it's basically, God just says, don't be unequally yoked. So in other words, if you marry a believer, then probably if you, the other part, the love and the excitement and all the other stuff, it kind of comes together. But if you marry a believer, then, then, then it should work, Right? But, but what do I do? Who, who, where am I supposed to work? What, what career am I supposed to be in, God? God, what, what, kind, of, what, what kind of car am I supposed to have, God? Or, or, or God, am I supposed to have a dog or a cat? Oh, let, let's stop right there for a second. That just came out. Let's stop. I, I got the answer for that, okay? I, I know what God's will is for your life on that. Uh, you always, always, always select a dog, not the cat. That's God's will. Can I get an amen on that? All right, now, all you cat lovers, I don't want any nasty emails, please. I don't want any na- I'm just joking. I'm just kidding. How many cat lovers do we have? Okay, here we go. Okay, ow, 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 ow. It's okay. It's just what I, if it was you here, you would have said, God's told you to get the cat, not the dog. Okay, so you just, there we go, back at you. But anyway, but I still believe get the dog, not the cat. But I had, speaking of dogs this week, my dog about choked to death. Not my dog, it was my grandson's dog. His name's Tex. And he's sitting there, and he's like at the edge of my bed, and I'm just studying away for this message, and he starts going, ugh, ugh, I'm like, dude, the dog can't breathe. And I go, I, I know what it's like not to breathe, because trust me, I've had the Heimlich done on me like five times. I know. And I'm like, this dog, something's choked in his throat. And I'm like, Tex, what's wrong? Like he can answer that question. Why do we do that? What's wrong, Tex? And so here he is choking to death. I, why do you give a dog a Heimlich? I don't know. I'm like, I, I, but he's choking. And I'm like, I don't know what to do. I'm just consoling him. I say, well, Lord, help him. Just if you die, you die. I, I, whatever. Do whatever you. He's like, and like two or three times. And then finally he hawks up this big old thing of grass. And I kid you not, it was a a bottle, a water bottle cap, or whatever you want to call it, a water cap that goes on a water bottle that was stuck in his throat, that little round white thing. I'm like, are you kidding me? You could have choked to death. He looked up at me, well, I was, you idiot. We just can't communicate here. But anyway, so I, I think it's God will don't have any animals. They're just too much trouble. But anyway, but, but here, here's my point. Here's my point. Um, we need direction, don't we? 
We need answers. We really need to know which door am I supposed to go through or, or which path am I supposed to stay on here, God? And so really, really God's will is nothing more than boundaries, okay? It really is. It's nothing more than a zone that you stay in. And as long as you love the Lord and serve the Lord, you're really in the Lord's will, but it's just a boundary, and I'm going to show it to you here, and probably the best way I can explain it, and I'm going to do my best, is this way right here. And let's go back to the track here for just a second. Um, now, a real railroad track has only two rails in it, right? This has one in the middle because this train has electrical components, and this one in the middle is where the electric comes on. It kind of guides it around. But a normal, real train track only has two tracks, okay? And I really, truly believe this is, this is somewhat... Ex- explains God's will for our life. There's actually two, two wills that God has, okay? And the first will is this, if you want to put this up here, God's moral will. In other words, this is God's general will. And how do we know God's general will? God's general will is written in the word of God, okay? In other words, you got to read it in order to understand God's general will for your life or God's moral will. In other words, uh, thou shalt not kill, don't steal, don't commit adultery, don't commit fornication, although it's all right there, okay? Just just read English, you know, understand English, and you'll understand God's moral will, okay? That's his moral will, and so that's one of the paths, that's one of the tracks of his will. And the second track is a little bit more detailed, and it is his sovereign will, okay? It's the specific will, and this is the will where people really struggle with. Well, how do I know God's specific will? How do I know God's sovereign will? This is what God is doing in the earth. This is what God is doing around us. And in order to understand that, you've got to let God's Holy Spirit lead you and guide you. And I'm going to read a scripture here in just a moment and show you if you are a believer, if you are a true born-again believer, then you ought to know what God is trying to tell you. You should know what is right and you should know what is wrong because this is God's moral will or his general will and this is God's specific will or his sovereign will. And you don't get out of those lines. If you go to the right, you'll crash. If you go to the left, you'll crash. And if you notice on any railroad tracks, those rails have to stay just a certain distance apart from one another, right? If they get a lot too far, they'll have a derailment. You get too close, you have another derailment. It can't go, right? And so they have to stay exactly there. And as long as you stay in that zone, you're in God's will. So so, so how do we really know? How do we get more specific with this? So in other words, let me share this, because I was thinking about this this week, is that here's the problem with most people. They try to get God to line up with their life. That's not why God created us. Our responsibility is we have to align our life with God's will, with what God says. It's not about us. It's about what God wants. And God, I want to line my life up on your tracks and stay in your will. We have to line ourselves up with his will. And so here's the thing. The more that you get to know God's moral will, what is written in the word of God, and the only way you'll know that is by reading it. Now, there's a thought. If you're a born-again Christian, at some point, you got to read the Word. And here's the second thing. 
and his sovereign will, the more you get to know his, his and that, that's, that's allowing God to work and move in you. And the closer you get to the Lord, the more you pray, the more you study, you will begin to understand God's sovereign will, okay, his specific will. Then what's going to happen? Here's what's going to happen. The more you get to know God's will for your life. Are you, are you getting what I'm saying? And so you want to know why the enemy does not want you to read the word of God? Because you'll find God's will for your life. You want to know why that, 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 that the enemy does not want the Holy Spirit to work and move in your life? Because you will never know God's will for your life. Uh, Denny, I'm going to share this. He said he's been getting a lot of uh, uh, telemarketers that's calling him. And, 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 you know, when you, how many got telemarketers? You get so frustrated. You're like, oh, come on. And he, he, he got frustrated. Can I just be honest? Tell, tell him a little bit. He, got, he just kind of laid into him a little bit. He said, man, why don't you get a real job and quit wasting everybody's time? Nobody's interested. Just come on, stop this. And he felt guilty about that. And so he said, you know, but he was like getting like, I mean, I don't know, 14 the week. How many did you get the week? Sometimes 20 a week. 20 a week. Eight in one day. Eight in one day. Well, listen, here's the deal I want to tell you. If you hit block that phone number, block the phone number, they, they don't own them all. Just keep blocking, blocking, and finally they'll go away. But um, just the food for thought. Because I don't get any because I block them all. Block. Block, 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 because they don't own all the phone numbers. But anyway, going back, that, that's a free one. You can just enjoy that. But here's the deal. So he thought about this. He thought, you know what? I'm going to take this opportunity to minister to him the next time. Every telemarketer that calls, I'm going to tell them about Jesus. You know he's not received one telemarketing phone call? You know why? Because the enemy doesn't want the telemarketer to call him. <laughs> you see, I'm telling you, but I'm de- listen, when you begin to stay close to the Lord, you'll know God's will for your life and, and, and you stay in the boundary. But again, many of us, we've probably gotten off track. We've probably been taking corners too fast and we're not listening to God's word. We're not studying, we're not reading, or we're not talking to God. And God's really not, not, not number one in our life. And so, so, so we're, we're, we're getting caught up and getting off track a lot. In Psalms 139, verses 16, watch what it says here. It says, your eyes saw my unformed body. And this is God's will for your life. Now watch, and it's not changed. All the days ordained for me were written in your book. And by the way, God's the only one that can change it, and God's not going to. Whatever door God's opened up in your life, it's open, it's there. And so if you get off track, don't worry, God can put you back on track because the track's still there. You're just off track. You got to get back on the track. All the days were, were ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. In other words, God already has a will for you. God already has a plan for you. But the enemy does not want you to get in and and on the track that God has for you. He's always going to try to find a way to derail you. He's always going to try to bring something your way to get you unfocused on God because he does not want you to go down the track that God has for you because the track that God has for you will lead to life. And it's eternal life. Amen. What well, leads to heaven to be able to live forever. And so he's already laid this out in Romans 8, verses 28. Now, here's the thing. Well, Pastor Gary, I'm trying my best to live for the Lord. I'm trying my best to do everything right. But I do hit road bumps. That's okay. And here's the beautiful thing about God. If you mess up, he can turn it around and make it right for you. I'm going to say that again. If, if, if you're trying to live for the Lord, 
to do the best you can and you mess up, God can take your mess ups and turn it around and let it be something good for you, not harm you. Let me show you Romans 8 verses 28. Famous scripture. We read it here quite often here. It says, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. And what? And who've been called according to his purpose. So really with God, if you're a Christian and you're loving the Lord and you're doing the best you can, and you, let's say you make a wrong decision. Let's say, you, let's say you bought a car or a house that you probably shouldn't have done, but you felt like you should have done it. Listen, God could turn it around for your good. But if you deliberately do something knowing that it's wrong, now why? It don't work that way. But this is, and we know that all things works for the good of those who what? Love him. There's the key word. Who love him and is trying to do the best they can to love him and serve him. And so again, when you align your life up with God, I'm telling you, you will know his will for your life. But if you've gotten off track, God can put you back on track. This is the good news this morning. And there's some of you that you feel like that you're way off track. It's okay. The track's still there. You just got off. All you got to do is submit and go back to God and say, God, put me right back on the right track. And you know, as your pastor, I, I have to do this all the time. There are times in my life I get off track. I might say something I shouldn't say or, or I might do something I shouldn't do. But you know what? God is always there because I'm connected to the anchor that I talked about last week. And that rope is, oh, I can't go because I'm anchored to him. And he's going to always pull me back home. Amen. And so in Romans 5, verses 20, watch what it says. No matter what you do, it, well, I've blown, I've blown. Here's the beautiful part about God. And I'm, this is not a free pass to sin and do all the stuff you want to do. But this, this, is, this is true. But where there is sin, when it increases, guess what's, oh man, it's so, so good. Grace increased all the more. In other words, God's going to lavish his grace back on you and say, come on back. It's okay. It's okay. He's not there to condemn you. He's not there to beat you up. He's there to pick you up if you rolled off the track that you shouldn't have been. He's there to pick you back and say, here we go. Let's get you back on the track. Are you ready to go? Okay, let's go. I just wanted to do that. But he's there to pick you back up. So if you messed up, he said, I love you. I'm going to put you right back on the track. And Isaiah 30 verses 21. Now here's the beautiful thing. When you are trying and you're reading God's word and you're trying to let God work in your life, and I'm just going to just lay it out here. If you are a Christian, you should know what is right and what is wrong. I'm going to say that again because that was good. If you are a born-again Christian, you should know what's right and what's wrong. You know, there's Christians all around the world, and 90% of the times when they say, I'm a born-again Christian, our thought patterns on sin is the same. I can go to Germany, same. I can go to Russia, same. I can go to China, it'd be the same. I can go to Canada, it'd be the same, okay? I can go to Kentucky, be the same. That shocks something, I'm just kidding. Hey, I was born and raised in Kentucky, so there, I could say that. But anyway, but, but wherever that you go, and I'm going to prove it to you. So I don't want to buy this. Well, because listen to me, the world has, has got us believing 
that, that we got to live the way they want you to live. And by the way, you're not going to fit anybody as long as you live the way the world's living. As long as you do what they tell you to do, as long as you believe the way you want, them, the way you want you to believe, then, then you're not going to upset any apple carts, okay? But, but listen, God's word is pretty plain and simple what sin is. Now watch, Isaiah 30, verses 21. Whether you turn to the right or you turn back to the left. Now here's the good thing. How can I know God's specific will? How do I know God's sovereign will? Here's how you know it right here. You ready? Your ears will hear a voice. Let that sink in. When you're in God's plan, you will hear God's voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. This is the way you need to go. This is why it's so important that we understand God's will because when we understand God's moral will and we understand God's sovereign will, his specific will, you will be able to line yourself up and live in God's will because you'll listen. Don't do that, young man. Look, we're all gonna sin. I'm not sitting here saying we're not gonna, we all sin and fall short of the glory of God. But when you do sin, you ought to know that it's sin. If you have to have someone tell you what sin and what sin isn't, you're not a Christian. You're not, a, seriously, get saved and promise you, you will know what sin is. Is this okay? Listen, as your pastor, I know this may, may maybe not be really a, a power, but we have to understand this. But if you're not lost, all bets are off. It's not for you. Seriously, it's not for you if you're not, you're not saved because the, it only works if you're saved, if you're born again, if you made Christ the Lord of your life. And so you'll hear this voice and he will say, which way should I go? Should I do this? Should I buy this house? Ding, ding, probably not. Why, God? Sometimes he doesn't give you an answer. Just don't buy it. And, and then you go buy another house and two months later, that house falls down or, or blows up or something. I don't know. Or catches on fire and is destroyed because some hot water, just Whatever. Just maybe God w w was involved in that. And listen, when you're in God's will, God will say, I want you to go to the right. Don't go down this road, but I want you to go to the right. Or when you're in the, stuck in the traffic and you're in a traffic jam, don't get all mad. Don't get all frustrated. Start saying, thank God. Just maybe God is protecting me and my family from danger ahead. It's all how you look at it. Because God works all things together for the good of those that love him and is called according to his purpose. So everything you do as a, as a believer is ordained by God, and God is there with you, and God has you on this track. And sometimes, like, he, he, he may divert you. You say, I want you to go to the right now, or I want you to go to the left, but I need you to listen to me. I want you to listen to what I'm telling you. And so there's three questions this morning that we're going to have to ask ourselves. Very simple, and I'm done. Pastor David, you need to get really prepared because this is going to be real quick. Three questions that we need to ask ourselves how we can stay on the right track. And, and it's the most simplest things. This is what God gave me. I wish it was more uh, profound, but it's not. I'm going to keep it as simple as I can. So number one, the first question that I have to ask myself if I'm going to stay on the right path is this, what things do I need to stop doing? What things do I have to identify that is going to pull me away from God? 
What friends am I going to have to disassociate with? Because remember, you show me four of your closest friends, I'll show you a good, clear picture of your future. doesn't matter how old you are, that principle works all your life. Because your friends are like buttons on an elevator. They will either take you up or they will take you down. Amen. Amen. I need to write that down. That was good, Danny. Write that down for me. I'm going to use that again some other time. But they are. Or, or, you know, but we have to make a decision. Okay, I got to make a decision. I'm going to have to stop watching and looking at this stuff. Stuff that is that you know is not godly. Stuff that you know is not good for you. And you heard me tell you this story. And you think I'm probably crazy, lost my ever-loving mind. This is just for me. Not for you because it was a problem I had. And so I had to stop it. I was a young man. I was like 70, 16 years old. And I was going to Hardy Lake Beach. Just got my driver's license. All the girls were out there. I didn't want to go to that dumb beach. I didn't want to swim in that yucky water. But I wanted to see the girls. Because they had what they called, yeah, but yeah, that stuff on. Thank God it wasn't as bad as it is today. Lord, I'm, they won't have nothing on. Anyway, but, but they had their two pieces on. And I'm like, as a young man, I'm like 16 years old. Hello. <laughs> I'm all boy, guys and gals. I'm just saying that right now. But anyway, I'm like, oh, my gosh. But God, as I got older, as I got older, he said, I'm going to have to give that up. You're going to stop going there because all I'm doing is lusting, and I had to fix that thing. And I stopped going to public beaches. I bought a boat. So I'll get a cove. So I have my own privacy. My wife and I, we have fun on our boat. But that, that's just for me. And you do what you want to do, but that was the problem I had. And so that was what God was speaking to me. That was the will of the Lord for me and me only, okay? Now remember, when, when God spoke to Peter to get out of the boat and walk on the water, it was only a word for Peter and Peter only that day. It wasn't any other disciples, it was just for him. And sometimes, sometimes God may speak a specific word just to you and you only. So don't get, get all caught up that just because God told me that, that you got to do that. It might help you if you want to try to do it, guys. But anyway, I'm just saying that was a word for me. And so, so I had to hear that word. And that was, what, that was behind me. He said, Gary, stop going there. Because you're not going to go. You're just going. And, and then you're building this thing up in you. And you got to get a handle on this thing. And so we have to walk. We have to watch what things that needs to stop. What do we got to stop doing? Now, again, if you're a born-again Christian, you, you should know. See, I was a Christian. Now, who, who, who called me up and told me that that was wrong? AT&T? Verizon? Hey, hey, hey Gary, you need to, uh, don't go there. We didn't have cell phones back then. But you know, no. You know who told me? The Holy Spirit. Amen. The voice that was behind me saying, Gary, don't go there. Come on. And many of you, you've heard that voice this week. Already speak to you. Some of you mothers, some of you husbands, some of you wives. You've already heard that voice. What are you going to do with it? What are you going to do about it? Listen, Proverbs 4, verses 25 and 27. Let's read. It says, look straight ahead. Look straight ahead. Fix your eyes on what lies before you. Mark out what? Straight path for your feet. Stay on the right track here. Stay on the safe path. Now watch what it says. Don't get sidetracked. Don't get sidetracked. Keep your feet from following evil. And how do you do that? By staying close to God, knowing God's moral will, knowing God's sovereign will, knowing God's specific will, knowing God's general will. When you know that and you're a born-again believer, he'll speak to you. You mean to tell me, Pastor Gray, he talks to you? Absolutely. 
all the time. How does God talk to you? I'm not, you think we've lost our ever-loving mind. I'm not talking about just call, waking up morning. Hey, Gary, you need to. No, it's in my spirit. Okay, please get that. It's in your spirit. He'll talk to you. You'll be driving down the road and you'll just hear that voice. Don't go that way. <coughs> He'll tell you the right way to go. Let's go to the next one here. In Romans 12, verses 12, uh, 12 2. Pastor David, come on, brother. It says, do not conform any longer to the patterns of this world, but be transformed. Now, here's the thing. The world wants to transform you to their pattern every day. If you go against what they say, it's getting uglier and uglier by the day. If you don't agree with them, do the way what they do, agree with what everything they say, okay, if you do, you're not going to make any enemies. But if you say, no, that's not what God's word says to me. You see, here's the thing about, about God and his word. And you show me, you hear me say this quite a bit. The moment you get saved, the Bible says, therefore, if any man, that means mankind, a woman or a man, if anyone be in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. The moment you get saved, you get a brand new set of glasses. <laughs> And the crazy thing about these glasses is, Lord, you, you make it so difficult. You can see things that sinners can't see. And that's why we have to be careful as Christians. If you see a sinner sin, don't go up and say, hey, you're sinning. Don't do that. They don't know any better. They don't have your glasses. They don't know what sin is yet. They don't have the Holy Spirit leading them, guiding them, directing them, and making decisions for their life. They don't have that yet. Our goal is to get them saved. Hey, can I introduce to you a man who literally changed my life? Man, I, I was a mess. I had cancer. I had a sentence to die. But my God and his awesome power healed me, set me free. And because of that, I trust in him. No doctors was able to do it, but God did. And now here I am standing 15 years later, completely, totally healed. And you know what? God can do the same thing for you. There was a young lady by the name of Chris Hinton that came in that appraised this building out here for us and this building, all the buildings we've ever had, appraised it. Works in, in, in Louisville. Galileo appraisers. I don't know if you heard of them or not, but they appraise. I, they, you guys use them at your bank all the time, Galileo. But anyway... Um, she came and appraised the building. She came in after it was done, came walking in that back door. It was on a Wednesday and looked at me and said, says, Gary, I went ahead and did the appraisal and they'll be contacting you soon and you guys can get this loan wrapped up or whatever that you need to do. I said, thank you, Chris. I appreciate it. So good to see you again. She says, that for whatever reason, God just, didn't say God. She said, for whatever reason, we're just stay connected. And, she, and I looked at her and said, yeah, there's, it's, it's bigger than just appraising, isn't it? She said, yeah, and and I said, is there something I could pray for you about? She said, yeah. She said, I have cancer. I have breast cancer. They did a biopsy and they found it. And I'm scared. I don't know what to do. At that moment, God said, God has given you authority, young man. Now let's pray. God healed you. I healed you. And I can heal her. And I said, can I pray for you, Chris? She said, would you please? And I began to pray a prayer over her. And as I prayed that prayer, I, I felt God begin to move. I felt the release of God move from me into her body. And she said, I felt the same thing. And as she was leaving, she said, oh, my gosh, I felt that. And I'm gonna, can I read this to you? This is what she 
she sent back to me. If I could find it here. I'm going to take my time. I got plenty of time. Oh, look at all the time. My goodness gracious. I got another eight hours I can go. Here we go. But watch what she says to me. She, she texts me back. This is Chris. Her name's Hinton. She works from Galileo Appraisers. She says, Gary, this is Chris Hinton. She, she, she texts me back after the surgery. This is Chris Hinton. I saw you in December for the appraisal two weeks before my cancer surgery, and you said a powerful prayer on my behalf. Well, after the surgery, the report came back that there was no cancer. Listen, to this. she said, I said, was this, was this all a mistake? Was this all just a mistake? And they said, no. It was on the biopsy. It was showing on your biopsy. It was there. We had record. But when we went in to take it out, it was gone. It was gone. You see that? God doesn't want to give us something to cope with it, but God wants to completely set us free. God wants to heal you. The Bible says in Psalms 103 that he comes to, that, that we, he forgives all of our iniquities and heals all of our diseases. And so many people, that they, they, they get God can save them. You don't doubt that. You believe that God saved you. God set you free. We can believe that. But that same faith that God saved you with is the same exact faith, nothing more, nothing less. It's the same faith God can heal you with. But we have to receive it. We have to believe it. And it goes on. It was no mistake, they said. It was on the biopsy. I knew it was little, but for there to be none... I remember I drove back home after I saw you and I felt different. I'm in absolutely awe. I'm in amazement what God did. You see, God did that. Had nothing to do with me. Nothing to do with us. It has everything to do with the power of God, allowing God's perfect will to operate in you and flow and say, I need you to do this. And don't hold back. Don't hold back. But don't conform any longer to the pattern of this world. Don't get off track. Don't, don't, don't start following what everybody else says. But you keep your eyes on Jesus and let him continue to guide you. And so, number one, what things do I need to stop doing? And then the second one is what things do I need to start doing? What are some of the things that I need to start doing? What do you need to start doing? Maybe we need to start reading our Bible more because that's how that we understand God's moral will for our life. You'll never know his will for you unless you read that. Well, I, I'm not a good reader. Well, go, go on you version. It'll read it for you. Just hit play. It'll read the whole Bible to you. I can read the whole uh, New Testament in 12 hours. I've done it before. Now, my eyes are a little bit jacked up, but I've done it. Just hit him, hit play. It's awesome. He's a great reader. I get the new living. It's wonderful. But what are some things that we need to start doing? Start reading. Maybe pray a little bit. You know what? Pray. Talk to the Lord. Don't get all complicated about it. Don't get all religious about it. Don't have one, one talking voice with your friend and then your, then your Jesus voice. I think when we get to heaven, he's going to go, what on earth were you doing? It's like, Dave, how are you doing today? We're uh, having a great week, aren't we? Yeah, it's good. I'm going to pray. Thou almightyest, holiest Father, thou cometh. In this wonderful playtheth, that ain't word. And I think he's looking down going, why do you talk to him that way, but you talk to me this way? Am I any less? 
If he's your friend, don't you? I, I'm your best friend. Just talk to me. Listen to me. When you want to talk to the Lord, don't complicate it. Just ask him what you want. It's like 50 characters or less. Hello, you can, you can text 50 characters, man. How you doing, Dad? I love you, baby. My, my wife, honey, I love you. Sweet, XOX, kiss, 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 kiss. You know, hug, hug, hug. Well, I'm going to be home. You want any supper? Want me to bring you something? No, baby, I'm fine. But don't complicate it. Just talk to the Lord the way that you would text somebody or talk to your friend. Maybe that's how you just start talking. About maybe, maybe you need to be an encourager. Maybe you need to find somebody and minister to them. Get out of your little comfort zone, and maybe, maybe your Chris is just right around the corner, and they need you to pray with them. What are you going to do? Do you take time to pray for them? Listen to me. What's some things that needs to change that you need to start doing in your life? In James 4, verses 17, now here's a good one. It says, therefore, to him that knoweth to do good and does it not to him, it's a sin. If God's telling you to do something and you don't do it, that's sin. Oh, that's a big one. How about this? Let's keep going on the next one. In 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 2, as a result, he does not live the rest of his earthly life for evil human desires, but this man, but rather for the will of God. God, I want to live the way Jesus did when he went in the garden and he was praying the night before he was going to be betrayed and crucified. And he said, Father, Please take this cup away from me, man. It's too, too, too great. I can't handle it. But the Bible says that even as the sweat began to come out of his brow, of his forehead, and it turned into the blood. That's how much he was in agony because all the sin of the world was on him. He said, God, take it away. But then again, he stopped. He says, no, God, not my will, but God, your will be done. Your will be done. God, I want to stay on the track. I want to stay on the track that, God, that you have for me because, God, your plan is so much better for me than my plan. And listen to me, if you've fallen off, if you've, if, you, if you've had a train wreck, it's okay. It's okay. God's there. He wants to pick you back up and put you back on track. I need to make God number one in my life. That's what I need to start doing more than anything else. And here's the third thing. So number one, what's some things that I need to stop doing? Number two, what's some things I need to start doing? Now, I know, isn't this so profound? It is blowing you away, isn't it? Now, how about this one? I'm sorry, this is the best I got. When should I start doing these things or those things? When, when, when I do it? Now. Now. Why wait? Why wait? You could sit here like that and leave today, or you could say, nope, I'm going to go right there. I'm getting back on. I'm hopping back on this train track, baby. I'm going to walk out of here, and I'm going to do the things I'm supposed to do, and I'm going to stay in God's will in Jesus' name. Let's start doing it today. 2 Corinthians says it this way, 6 and 2. For he says, in the time of my favor, I heard you. And in the day of salvation, I helped you. I tell you now. Somebody say now. Now is the time of God's favor. Say it again. Now. Now is the day of salvation. Now. Now. Don't walk out of here and stay off the track. Let God put you back on. Just come say, God, I, I need you to put me back on track, God. God, I need to get back in your will, God. Got some things that got to change in my life, God. I may have to let go of some friends. Or, God, I may have to change my attitude. God, I may have to change the things that I'm doing. But, God, I want to start doing the right things, God. And God, I'm not going to wait till tomorrow, but God, I'm going to do it now. I'm going to do it now. Let's pray. Father God, I want to thank you this morning for your word. I want to thank you that, God, that you're stirring. And God, there are some of us, we may have gotten off track. 
But God, this morning, you just want to put us right back on track. God, you want us to get right back in your will, God. God, you want us to get right back in your moral will, God, in your general will, God, of your word, of what your word says, God. Or God, you just want to, we want to get back into your sovereign will, God. We want to get back into your, in your specific will, God. The, the, the part that, God, the only way we can know that, God, is when we stay close to you, God, and you will tell us, God. You will begin to speak to us from behind, God, to tell us, don't go to the right, don't go to the left. But you will tell us which way to go. God, I pray this morning that we will make you Lord of it all. Lord of it all, God. God, we give it all to you, God. Not our will, but God, your will be done in Jesus' name. Amen.